Buenos días, good morning, and this is Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez and my co-host, my brother, my friend and partner, Tim Flirty. This is the talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truth of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. And we're back with another week of Beyond the Walls. I'm Tim Flaherty, your host with my co-host, partner, and friend, Pastor Israel Rodriguez of Deer Flat Church. Good morning, Treasure Valley. Welcome back to another episode with uh, us and Beyond the Walls and our guest, Pastor Luke Remert Mm -hmm. from Redeemer Bible Church in Meridian. Idaho, uh, and they meet at the Siena Elementary mm-hmm. School there in Meridian. Yes, we're, sir. Uh, we're not going to give you the address, but you may Google it, and you'll find it, and you won't get lost. You know, <laughs> it is there. I, I I already checked it. You know, online. Yeah. So, yes, welcome back to uh, our last episode. You know, for for this for this interview, and and th- thank you so much for ex- accepting the invitation. Yeah, the invitation, you know, we, we offer this to our friends in, that are in ministry, that are out there beyond the wall. During this last week, I've been thinking a lot about, and, and I've asked this question before on the show, but it always, it's in the back of my mind because we do so much charity work and we're helping so many people. Share with us the biblical wisdom behind assisting others. I mean, I know that there's the whole philosophy of the farmer carving out the corners and all of that, but really and truly, like, how do I know when it's appropriate to help somebody and be generous with them versus they're just taking advantage of, of the charity and the generosity that's out there? Yeah. I think the passage that I like to think about here is to be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. You know, when Jesus is sending out his disciples, um, we are called to be wise. One of the best books I ever read on this is called Toxic Charity. Yeah. I don't know if you all have read sure. it. Have you read it? Mm-hmm. Israel, have you read that? No, I have Dude, not. Dude, you need to check out this book. So great book, analyzes when when giving actually doesn't help. Yep. When you're actually giving and it doesn't do anything, we as Christians, we have to be as wise as serpents. We need to analyze things. We, mm. need, we need to evaluate really where people are at and are we really helping them. And a lot of times that just takes experience. I think that both of you guys probably have experience. I mean, you tell me, when you first went into helping impoverished people did you know which people needed help more than others right away? Well, when I so when I first started helping people in poverty, I had just gotten out of prison. So my <laughs> antenna and my my ability to discern who was manipulator was was fine. You know, my it was fine tuned, yeah. right? And yeah. I and I think uh, that I've kept that tuning up. And we always have a saying that in in our work that if you're not getting abused a little bit you're not helping enough mm-hmm. meaning that you do want to have some guidelines you do want to have some you do want to have some flexibility but you also want your door to be open wide enough that it catches those who need help mm-hmm. and but I've been in the middle of of trying to assist somebody before and then my little uh, my little antenna will start to buzz. My little spidey sense, Spice. if you will, go off. And I will stop the whole thing because there's nothing that's going to happen today that is so critical that I can't make a decision tomorrow. And I will say, okay, let me let me think about this. Let me talk to some people. I'll just straight up tell them. And, and 
I'll look into it. And more often than not, I'm right that the person had resources or had money or had the ability or they were yeah. trying to take advantage. But I, I would I would say we definitely have been abused before a little bit in the charity game. We've been taken advantage of when we were helping people. And it doesn't feel good other than to know that when I see that we've been abused, I know that we helped everybody that needed help. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I justify it to myself is like, well, our door was all was all the way open and we'll we'll put that person on our list and and we'll know that that we can't we've got to be really careful if they ever come back for help again because they lied to us and they they took advantage of us so yeah so so it's like experience right yeah. so that's that's a major thing so in the bible it says in the abundance of counselors there's victory mm-hmm. and so we need to know that when when we're starting off we we need, we should be like guys like you in Israel who have lots of experiences with these people surround yourselves with those kinds of people so that way they can help you figure out who are the manipulators and who not because some guys are masterful at manipulating some women know that you will give them money for diapers and then they can go spend it on drugs yeah like you you need to know like how to best help these people and biblically surround yourself with wisdom Oh, like equip yeah. yourself with that wisdom the, that is first pure, yeah. peaceful, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, unwavering without hypocrisy, as it says in yeah. James. One of the hardest stories I ever have, and I'll tell it right now, just so people can understand what I mean when we're being abused. We we had a program where we would help people um, escape violence mm. from their spouse. Mm. And this uh, woman was living in a homeless shelter with her spouse and they, she came to us and said, he's beat me up, da 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 And she had kind of a, you know, mark and fat lip and a few other things. And no, no doubt did somebody hit her, whether it was on purpose or not. But, you know, she was crying and she was, and she was scared. And so we tried to get her into the domestic violence shelter. And of course they were full. They're always full. They, they have a six to eight week wait. They don't have enough beds for the size of our community that needs that sort of help. And the, her husband was staying at the homeless shelter with her and she was terrified. And she said, I just need to, I just need a couple nights in a hotel away from here where he won't be able to find us, where I can be with my kid, where, you know, I can escape this and try to figure something out. So we agreed and we said, okay, this is, this sounds like a, a sane plan. So we put her up in this hotel. And then later that day, I went up there with some gift cards to give her some gift cards for food, for money. And I'm with my intern. We're in the car. We're driving up there. We stop at the grocery store. We go to the little carousel. We get Domino's pizza and we get, you know, we get a few different things that we'll deliver to her. We drive up to the hotel and I, I go up to the door and I'm knocking on it and she won't open the door. And I, I can't figure out why she won't open the door. I know she's there, right? And I'm just like bewildered. I'm like, what? Maybe she's terrified. So my intern said, well, why don't you go back to the car and I'll, you know, I'll woman to woman. I'll, okay. Anyway, turns out the boyfriend, husband, baby daddy, who quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes right now, had hit her, was in the room with her. It was a scam. I was just beside myself with disbelief like they had set this whole thing up and this is why we have struggles helping women who are trying to escape domestic violence in our community because these 
people created a, a scenario where they got what they got, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And needless to say, we, you know, they got that one night out of us because we couldn't exactly kick them out. But after that, that was that. And it was really unfortunate for that family. They, you know, they weren't able to receive assistance anymore. And the word went out among those who helped that we know that this is this has happened and they could make their own choices whether they wanted mm-hmm. to help that family or not. But, oh, man, it was that was just devastating. Yeah. That was one of my yeah. early experiences of getting beat and, and you just, you feel, it's like the worst feeling yeah. because you're trying so hard to help people and then you feel so taken advantage of, it makes, like, some things will just make you really mad and that's one of those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, and it just was terrible. It just created such a horrible feeling. And, um, and the worst thing was the kid in the situation didn't do anything wrong. No. Right. And so they were using this kid as a pawn. Uh, later on, the story goes that then they quote unquote split up. Mm-hmm. And they were using the kid as a pawn in order to get assistance to get into an apartment mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And I just thought to myself, like when I saw the outcome of this, these people's lives, I was just like, man, it made me really grateful that I work hard and do mm-hmm. try to do the right thing. And, ugh. but yeah, we're this, gonna, is, this is where we need, you know, this is where we need God's wisdom. And yeah. I would spend time in prayer with him because the Bible also says never, I get weary of doing good yep. because of the proper time. If you don't give up, you will reap the harvest. Mm-hmm. So how do you find that balance between, you know, helping somebody with truth and grace combined together? Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, you want to speak the truth of the message of the gospel of Jesus with enough grace that with this compelling love, you can win them. You know, so we have had several cases, you know, but at the end of the day, we are, we're still striving mm-hmm. there, you know, mm-hmm. to loving our neighbors as mm-hmm. ourselves. And uh, in, in many of the cases, as we were discussing with uh, undocumented uh, refugees, you know, that are here yeah. present in Idaho yeah. and more are coming. How do we deal with this with this prob- problematic, with this situation in, mm. in our towns? Yeah, well, I think that you you help any way that you possibly can, right? Like, God God calls believers to help widows and orphans, and even in the Old Testament, the aliens. Yeah. Like, right? So aliens, we always think of UFOs, but, like, literally, it's like strangers to your homeland that are yeah. come in. Yeah. There's some friends that I have that they, uh, they help out a lot of Muslims here mm-hmm. inside the valley and help them teach English. Like, my wife... Like she, my wife has a young child who's below three and she's a stay at home mom. She has, she helps out with tons of Bible studies, tons of things in the church. But I mean, my wife is awesome. She'll drive there on Tuesdays all the way from Caldwell into Boise and go in there a lot of times and help out teaching English with these people. Like you just do what you can with what God has given you. And you, you seek to find out what those resources were. We moved to Caldwell, right? And College of Idaho is there. And so we're, you know, we're talking about that. It was like, hey, like, how can we get involved here and do outreach here with these people? How can we get involved with the international students? We were trying to get in. We couldn't. Got connected with another person. I ended up getting connected with Israel. And then, you know, now we're starting to be able to connect with some of these students, have them over our house this last Friday night. Mm-hmm. And they're inside our home. We're playing games, interacting with other people. I mean, we need to be, as Christians, we we are the salt of the earth. We are the city on a hill. We are salt and light in this world. And God compels us to not have our eyes down looking at our feet, for, but to be eyes up and to be alert 
as to what is the work that God has called me to do here and how do I pour myself into that? Where where can I get involved? How can I participate in this? Well, with that, we'll be right back. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to the Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot O-R-G. Looking for a place to worship and connect in the Caldwell area? Come and join us at Deer Flat Church. We offer two Sunday morning services at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m., providing flexibility to fit your schedule. Our services are filled with uplifting music, inspiring messages, and a warm, welcoming atmosphere. We believe that everyone is welcome, no matter where you are in your faith journey. Come see for yourself and experience the joy and fellowship of our community. Visit DeerFlat.org to learn more about our services and events. We look forward to seeing you there. And we're back with Beyond the Walls, Team Flirty, and Luke Remert from Redeemer Bible Church in Maria, Idaho. And they meet at the CNA Elementary School there every Sunday at 9.45 starts the worship mm. service there. So come earlier. Come 9.30. Bring your kids. Bring your family and experience what the Lord is doing with this ministry there in Meridian, Idaho. Luke, welcome. And uh, we would like to know, you know, our audience is uh, is looking forward to knowing how after you graduated from your seminary studies, you know, you received your degree, how did you end up coming to Idaho and coming to Meridian? And what brought you here? Yeah, so I didn't graduate at this point. I was, um, I was still there. I was working at the seminary, student life and events. I was an RA over all the undergrad men. And I met my wife online. Um, so it wasn't like eHarmony or Christian Mingle or it was really embarrassing. My mom created this Facebook page called Christ Following Singles and she threw me on it and I was like, oh, mom, I do not want to be on like, but you know, it's your mom. You can't reject your mom, you know? I do every day. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> I tell her no. Stop. <laughs> You're crazy. Well, anyways, so my mom throws me on this page. Well, then uh, my wife's aunt threw her on this page. Oh, yeah. And my wife is like, she's a pretty good blogger, and she's written a couple books and things. And she was working at MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship, yeah. during this time. And I saw her, and I was like, man, this girl is rock solid in her faith, from what mm-hmm. I can tell, through the things that she's posting. And she's beautiful. And she was living out here in Idaho. <laughs> and she was living, well, I didn't know it was Idaho. So I'm in Kansas City. I thought it was like Kansas, mm-hmm. right? Because her aunt lives in Kansas. Okay. So I start talking to her all the time. I find out she's all the way out in Idaho. And I'm like, what did I do? So long story short, we talk, send like 120 pages worth of messages back and forth. Then we start dating. And then within like a month or two of dating, we're like, who's going to move? And I was like, I got to move. So then I finished out my semester at seminary and pastoring at that church as a pastor of outreach and evangelism. And then uh, I moved up to Idaho and uh, started landscaping and sleeping on someone's floor trying to save money for a rain and <laughs> and stuff like that. So that's how I got up here. And how many years ago was that? So that was, um, I moved up here in uh, December 30th, I think, of 2018. Oh my goodness sakes. Yeah. So that's like, what are you, almost five years now? Yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. And then how long were you up here before you decided to get married? So I was up here. I moved up here December. We got married in July. So it was uh, March we got engaged. Yep. So we kind of just 
I just wanted to make sure she was for real because we were talking a lot, and you can probably put on a good face over the weekend. I just mm-hmm. want to make sure that what I saw on paper was real in reality. I wanted to be around her a little bit and uh, just make sure before we got engaged. So, Well, that sounds like a pretty good amount of wisdom. You know, you, you really have to discern for yourself, and you're right. I mean, the Internet can be deceiving. So you guys have one kid who's three years old. Yeah. Judah, how did you pick that name? Judah, well, man, I was throwing out so many names. Me and my wife, I don't like if maybe Israel knows this when you're trying to pick a kid's name. I don't know what your wife was like, but mine, like every single name I pitched, it just didn't really stick with her. And then I think one night we were just laying in bed and she's like, How about Judah? And we knew, you know, we knew it was going to be a boy and we just really liked the strength of the name, kind of just like a strong, strong name. We're like, Yeah, let's do it. And then we ran with it, and uh, yeah, he got called that. Judah Remert. How do you like that? I think it's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's strong, like you said. It's a strong name. Was it something on your radar? No. I So I was thinking of, um, well, I was thinking of other tribal names, actually. Like I thought of like Asher, and you could call him Ash, you know, or something like that. I just thought that would be really cool. I'm not very creative, so if... I'm all I'm doing is if I'm reading the Bible, I'm just gonna think of Bible names. <laughs> so that was just kind of how we came to that selection. So you get married and then you buy a house in Caldwell. Yeah. So we so we were um, living in Nampa originally, and um, we just because of housing prices here, we were like we got to move out to Caldwell. So we moved out to Caldwell um, while serving at this church. At that by that point, I'd come on. I'd, I'd done um, some landscaping some construction, and then I was eventually able to come on to the church. The Redeemer Bible Church in Meridian. Yeah, yeah. And that was right after I graduated my Master's Divinity. And so I got my MDiv online, finished it with my school, um, went to Nampa, and then after Nampa, went to Call, bought a house. And then we just started, um, yeah, bought a house there, working on the house, really getting to know our neighbors. Something that we've really been big about is really wanting to reach our neighbors with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read this book. It's called The Simplest Way to Change the World. But they talk about how hospitality is a means for the gospel yeah. inside this. And so something that we've purposefully set out to do since moving there in Caldwell um, is to reach people, reach our neighbors with the gospel. And it's and just really just loving them as humans, loving them as our neighbors, like not expecting anything in return, but just being salt and light to them. And that's been huge ministry. It's been really awesome to see. Get, I, you know, we we often talk about earning the right yeah. to talk about Jesus. And our favorite saying, we and I probably say this too many times on the show, but preach and only when necessary use words. And and we we do I think try that uh, philosophy to the nth degree because there have been I think some times where we've been serving. And gotten a little frustrated, but we continue to serve. I think the pastor can speak to that a little bit more. I don't think there is any other greater calling than loving your neighbor as yourself. You mm-hmm. know, part of you, if you say you love God whom you can see, you know, why not loving your your neighbor whom you see? You know, that that that's very strong. That's very strong, and and that is the kind of love, the agape love, that compels us to get out of the comfort zone and. Uh, Sometimes when you think you don't have it, 
just look around you, you know, in your garage, in your household, and use what you have. Yeah. And bring it, bring it up to the Lord, and He will multiply it. He will use it to bless others, and He will bless you in return. And we were talking on the way here, team, and, and Luke. I was talking to Luke, and uh, it seems like the most poor people in life are the ones that have a cheerful, you mm. know, good attitude at heart, yeah. you know. Then we have the story of that uh, widow who who gave all she had. And Jesus said, hey, guys, watch out. This woman gave the most because it's not just what they can bring up to the table in terms of finances, but your heart, mm. your, your will, mm. the courage, the strength, the perseverance, the consistency, you know, to be there, mm. just be there. And uh, listen to the Lord and in actions of love, do what he says. And uh, uh, hospitality as a means of sharing the gospel, I think that's hitting the nail on the head because that's, that's, that's what opens doors, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we can love on people. I think we can provide for people. I think anybody could do that. But finding the time to present a clear gospel message to people, mm-hmm. they need to hear it. Yeah. You know, better sooner than later, but they need to hear it. And we're gaining the rights to be asked questions. Yeah. These kids, these people, they come, why? Why Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, we think differently. We have a different religious background. And this is where you lift Jesus up mm-hmm. in actions of love. And he is the one that draws people to himself. Yeah. And I, I think there's, yeah, I think that's a great way of viewing it. It's just how Jesus Christ, how did Jesus Christ live? Yeah, he, he not only he not only preached the gospel, but he lived out the gospel among them. And what are we doing? Are are we being people who just say that we believe this and we're just saying the right things, but are we actually the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to people around us? Like are we actually getting out there and getting a part of the work? Yes, we are called to be preaching the gospel to all nations. Yes, he's given that and to make disciples of all nations and we are doing that. But that requires us getting out, and that requires us getting our hands dirty. Well, I think this comes back to Sunday when the pastor was teaching a uh, uh, baptism class. And I think that you got to share with the people what you told those children that uh, were those young teenagers that were saying they wanted to commit their lives to Christ. What did you What did you put on them? It was a time with the Lord, you know, you you could feel the voice and, and, and the heaviness of God's word mm. screaming at mm. you, you know, mm. and and the Bible says that if you know God, if you love him, you are to obey his commandments. And one of the greatest commissions that he, he gave all of his, his followers is to preach this gospel, you know, in all nations, mm. making, go and make disciples. So if you say you know him and you don't have a disciple follower of Jesus, then you become a liar. And the mm-hmm. Bible also says the liars shall not enter into God's kingdoms. Mm-hmm. So the big question again is, why are you here? Mm-hmm. To check a box and say, I love Jesus and I want to follow him. But how do you really demonstrate that into actions by making disciples? And you don't know. You never become a disciple until you make a disciple that makes another disciple. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole domino effect, but it has to start by putting into practice, putting into actions what we already know by words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's literally, you know, you think about take up your cross and follow me. It's like you got to die to yourself and live unto Christ. 
That's what Christ has called us to. It's it's not just for us to receive this grace that we might go hide with it, but to receive this grace and to share the truth of the gospel. It, you know, in, in Corinthians, it talks about us being ambassadors for him and God making his appeal through us be reconciled unto God. And we are to be salt and light. Not only just light brings light to the room, but also salt is tasteful. It, it is something that that enhances life. It enhances flavor. It enhances what's going on. And we need to be that kind of people to those around us. Yeah, I, I'm just in awe here. I, lo- I love a good couple of good couple of preachers talking to me and kind of sp- spitting a little bit of wisdom here at the end of this this three week arc. Pastor, we have about a minute left. Do you want to say a few words for us, Luke? Why don't you pray for us? Yeah, most definitely. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ, and for showing us what true love is and for giving us your word, which displays who you are, and we are able to come and see what kind of God you are and how we are called to live. God, I pray that you would open the eyes of our heart, that we might see the people around us that you have put in our path, that we might impact with your gospel, and that we might love the way that Christ has loved us. I pray, Lord, that you would just really mobilize us for the gospel, that we might be a people who go out, who get our hands dirty, who commit ourselves to the work that you have ahead of us, that we might be men and women who come to know Christ more, not only through the reading of his word, not only through doing multiple different things, but also in loving our neighbor as ourself. Let us seek to do that, Lord, by seeking those who are outside of the walls. And so we praise you so much for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week.